This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 204, John Dwoskin on Executive Time. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. It's business, it's business time, and more specifically, it's executive time this week on the program. So I'll give you a little bit in terms of the backstory of exactly how we were able to launch Work Smart Business, the book, how to get it out to such a large audience, how to get all the reviews. And it comes down to a very simple concept of just <laughs> massive action, massive, massive action in terms of, uh, you know, spending about 11 months putting together the actual project, the editing, and at times a little bit of a start and stalling moment of hiring different designers for the book covers, not liking the first round, so hiring another set of designers again, going through multiple edits, multiple revisions, and just, you know, really just refining something over and over and over. A big part of that too was helping to get the message not just out to this specific hypnotic community but also as well specifically to the business community so it's where i can share with you that at the time of at least recording this session we're actually airing this one about uh, three weeks from now at the time of recording this session i will have also recorded 35 appearances on various business podcasts so really branching out into this online radio aspect of things and sharing this message with a much larger audience, a much larger community, which is part of how, again, getting it to a number one spot in the business categories on Amazon in the week of launch and maintaining that uh, for quite some time as well in some of those categories. So it's where along that journey, getting to speak to a lot more business people, a community that was already fully entrenched in with some of the speaking that I do, a lot of the executive clients that I work but really using the book as a momentum play to break into the actual community of talking about business with other people who were talking about business, which brings us completely full circle to this week's session, which is someone that I would bet most of you don't know and don't yet know that I was on a podcast with John Dwoskin, a great program, by the way, called Think Business. And as we did our session, we were talking about, of course, themes of the book, themes of success in terms of the mindset, the strategies aspect of it. But as soon as we wrapped up the recording, I think John and I ended up talking for another half hour or so about some interesting through lines around whether it's meditation, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's even hypnosis, which then led to another invite to be on another one of John's programs called Think Like a CEO, which by the way, we're going to link to all these programs in the show notes here at worksmarthypnosis.com, the specific listing for this week's podcast session. And it's where extending an invite to go, okay, so you're not necessarily in the hypnosis industry. And to really brand it as what it is, this podcast is what I like to call micro niche. So hypnosis itself is a niche market of people looking for hypnosis or even looking to do hypnosis. But to really chunk it down further, the audience for this specific podcast, the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, are people in the hypnotic industry who are already doing hypnosis. You know, there are people who find this program who are just curious and getting into it, and they're a smaller part of the audience of this program, but instead, this is really a professionally-minded program for the folks already in this industry. 
So micro niche inside of a niche, as it were, and ex- wanting extending an invite over to John to say, let's have you on this program to talk about from the executive mindset, what are some of those themes that you've picked up over the years? What are some of the ways that getting in touch with this style of work, this way of thinking has helped to influence your business and just some of the takeaways? So, I mean, again, he's someone who's a bit of an outsider, <laughs> respectfully, in terms of who the audience of this program typically is. But listen to the one. There's some amazing takeaways, especially to shift that perceptual position in terms of how we look at the work that we do from the client mindset to hear the results that they're experiencing and now begin to craft our process in such a way that we help them deliver that mindset even faster. I will give you a small respectful disclaimer. There's an incredible reframe in this session where John talks about his application of mindfulness into the business world as executive time. Respectfully, that's his. Uh, Don't take it. But look at the way that, again, by coming up with that little bit of positioning, that little bit of branding, that's what allows you to set yourself apart. So here we go. This is an amazing session. Thank you, of course, to John for helping me to spread the word of my book, Work Smart Business, which if you don't yet have a copy, head over to worksmartbusiness.com. That'll actually give you two free chapters of the book, plus link over to Amazon to grab either the digital or the print copy. But let's share the stage this week. This is session number 230. Three, John Dwoskin on Executive Time. You know, the business story that defines who I am, Jason, is uh, I am a business coach that I'm, and what I'm doing, I've wanted to do since I was 18. I, my dad gave me a set of tape sets at 18 called The Psychology of Success by Brian Tracy. Yep. He said, you'll learn more from these people than you will college. I've self-studied from the time I was 18. I'm 46 at the time of this recording. And I've studied every single day since. And I always, from that moment, wanted to be some type of business coach where I could go in and help grow companies. I just was hooked on it. And so it was always my, my goal. And I started my business now almost four years ago growing companies, businesses, coaching, training, salespeople, managers, CEOs, and just growing companies and, and, and training all over the country. And it is something that I've always, I've just always wanted to do. And I knew it since the time I was 18. What I love about that is that, yes, while the coaching side of it is kind of uh, relatively young, you were out there actually doing the work before then stepping into that role, as um, let's politely call it out. There is a community of people in a coaching environment that bought a bought a binder and are reading off a bunch of uh, worksheets and that's their coaching process. Uh, what was that What was that journey for you before deciding to go into the actual coaching? What, what were you doing in business before then? So when I graduated college, I went to Eastern Michigan University. I double majored in journalism and economics. I graduated in May of 95, 1995, and I started an internet company in my parents' basement with my brother and a buddy of ours. We, I was the, uh, I ran the sales department. I did all the main sales. I grew a sales team. Um, I ran the business planning, et, et cetera, for uh, my company and the individuals. Um, and then uh, we sold that company to a Silicon Valley company two years later. And then um, uh, I was a partner of that company for two years. And then I got into real estate. I was a broker for six years selling apartments. Uh, for a company called Marcus and Millichap, one of the largest investment real estate firms in the country. Um, after six years, I was getting restless. I ended up becoming a, a regional manager slash vice president of my office in August of 08. Then I took, uh, then the market crashed in September of 08. I then grew that office after the market crashed. 
to um, over the course of a couple, uh, a bunch of years to 45 agents. Uh, at one point, one of the most profitable offices in the country, uh, but always uh, a, a top company. And uh, I mean, always a top office, uh, top line and bottom line. And it was great. And I loved it. And then I was ready after six years of that to start my own business. But before I did, I went in house for a year to help restructure a company. And then I started my own business. And so I had a lot of business experience and I could apply a lot of the things that I had been learning and teaching myself um, and through my own personal business coaches in real in, 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 in business. So like you said earlier, I'm a business coach that actually has been in business. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I love about this is that this is my, my nickname of it being micro niche. This is a podcast that is going out to people in the hypnosis industry who already do hypnosis. This does often introduce new people to hypnosis. And quite honestly, that's a that's a bio, that's a back origin story, very different than anyone that's ever been shared on here before. And as I'm sure I'll mention in the introduction, you know, the part of the intention of having you on here is that we connected, I was on your Think Business podcast, and then we yeah, did a few great. other, oh, thank you, then a few other projects as well, that um, it's that mindset that we got onto the topic of meditation, we got onto mm -hmm. the topic of hypnosis, and I wanted to have you on here because it's about having also that other perspective that, yes, we can listen to people in my world, but let's use the Harry Potter language. We could also bring in the muggles and find out what was your user experience? What was it like for you? I mean, how has that been helpful for you, whether it's, whether it's the hypnosis, whether it's the meditation? How has that helped to influence or motivate the work that you've done over the years? Sure. Well, I do have access to your course and I'm excited to take it. And I have watched a couple of the videos and I love them. Oh, thank you. Um, and so, yeah. So, uh, but as matter, as far as meditation goes, meditation has been a huge part of my world. Uh, when I met my wife, she was living in Chicago. She's from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. I mean, we're in Michigan now with our family. Okay. We have two kids, um, and 15 and 12. And I started meditating when she was, I met her, she was going to a holistic doctor who I started going to, who taught me how to meditate. And when I meditated, I just loved it. It was just like the first, I was 27. And um, so I've been meditating for almost 20 years. And meditation was amazing for me. It was like almost a vacation for my brain. I guess that's the best way I could describe <laughs> it. And it was a way for me to really just kind of really relax and, and teach myself and build the muscle memory to do nothing and to think about nothing and to work through issues and problems. And it was amazing. I mean, it wasn't the end all be all of, of everything. I mean, I don't believe that it's like, you know, you know, like, I mean, I was in therapy too, but I was also meditating, you know, I was just really in a healing space of my life. And meditation was a huge uh, component of that. After I learned how to meditate a couple years later, when I was uh, religiously meditating, uh, before uh, my wife and I had kids, I was meditating and I said to my wife, long I'll make this a short story. Mm -hmm. um, I think I have uh, testicular cancer. When I was meditating, my meditations went black and I just can feel and sense in my body that something's off. Long story short, I did have, I went, I had just had a physical two months prior. I ended up two months later getting a new physical from a new doctor and I did have testicular cancer. And I really credit meditation and me being in tune with my body and quieting my mind and getting in touch with my senses and my body to not because had I not done that, I don't know when I would have caught that. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's always been a very powerful tool to 
just get me grounded, get me clear, and just work on decreasing the just, you know, anxiety and pressures of, of life. Well, I mean, to look at that story, I mean, someone could look at that and say that might have just been coincidence, that might have just been the circumstance, yet there's something to be said around just that mindful ability to tap into something and we can, you know, we can feel when something's different. We can tell when something is a bit off and it's where, you know, yes, we can look at hypnosis and meditation, let's say sometimes as categorical words that inside of it, here's all these forms of meditation and meanwhile, here's all these forms of hypnosis that even you know to read a book on self-hypnosis there's so many different options as to how that could play out i mean if you had to if you had to characterize the style of meditation that you make use of how would you how would you define that so when i was first meditating um i was just meditating just to get quiet i didn't have a mantra i just was i just was taught about just the breathe just to breathe and just in through the nose out through the mouth I then started taking, um, I took a Silva Mind class, mm -hmm. and so I started using Silva Mind for many, many years. Um, almost a decade I used Silva Mind. And then about four years ago, I took a Transcendental Meditation class. So I've been doing TM for a while. And so I, I go between doing TM and I, I, um, I, there's a Buddhist monk, MD, medical intuitive doctor I go to here in Michigan in Ann Arbor. And his name is Dr. Liu, and he's got a, some amazing meditations as well. And so I kind of go between doing um, whatever. I kind of do what my body intuitively feels it needs. So if it needs TM, I'll do TM. If, um, if I will just need to kind of breathe in and out, I'll do that. Um, or sometimes I'll do Dr. Liu's meditations, which has their own kind of style. So I, I got away a little bit from the rigidness of only one type of meditation. I'll actually sometimes even do Silva Mind Method because sometimes my body I, and my mind just needs different things. And so um, I sometimes find myself lately, because I was doing TM for a while religiously, and I just wasn't connecting. I got to a point where I wasn't connecting fully to just the TM. And so I just kind of do, I meditate daily, but sometimes I, I change what the meditation form I do. Yeah. What I love about that is that sometimes it is the self-directed and other times it's the, let me just have someone else guide me through this. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just feel like sometimes one of the things with TM and I love TM, I'm a huge fan of TM and I, you know, I'm a promoter of it. But for me, I just knew that I wasn't, um, I just, you know, sometimes I just wasn't in sync and sometimes I need somebody to, you know, sometimes I want to hear somebody walk me through a meditation and sometimes I, and it's, I just need to listen to my gut with it. You know, one way isn't always the way every day, always for me. Yeah. I mean, that flexibility in terms of the different styles, the different approaches, is there, is there a way that you go about making that decision from one style to another? You know, it just kind of, I, I meditate in the morning and a lot of times I'll meditate later in the day if I can. I'm not always as religious later in the day. Sometimes if I'll, I'll try to do maybe a minute or two if I can, just because my days are hectic um, and my nights are hectic with family and such. But I do try to take at least a minute or two. But I just kind of like, whatever, whenever I sit in this chair that I meditate in, whatever, whatever kind of like comes to me is what I do. Yeah. 
I love you know? that. And, so, and sometimes, and sometimes if I'm limited, like a Dr. Lou meditation, he's got an amazing five minute meditation. So a lot of times I think, okay, I got five minutes, I'll do Dr. Lou's because the five minutes is as powerful as a 20 minute. If I have extra time, then I'll do TM. If I have, you know, sometimes if I have five, 10 minutes, I'll do Silva Mind Method. You know, anything to just calm my brain that I try to really just listen to my gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious to ask you this, though, as a, as a business coach, so working with other people, working with other people's businesses and their own success, have you, is there a story that comes to mind of working with somebody who perhaps was at some bit of threshold that perhaps either suggesting or politely nudging in the direction of the things we've been talking about served as a solution? Yeah, I, I'm a big promoter of meditation and what, and the way I categorize it a lot of times is executive time. Nice. And, and, and because, um, and so, and then I turn it into ultimately meditation, but a lot of times when I'm giving talks, so I give a lot of talks and tra- I do a lot of talks and trainings as well as one-on-one coaching, but I'll be in talks or trainings, whether it's for 20 people, 50 people, a couple hundred people. And I'll ask everybody, how many people in this room have taken two minutes of executive, how many people in this room take executive time on a daily basis? No one. How many people have taken two to five minutes in the last you know month of executive time to just think about their business? No one. I said, all right, I'm gonna start helping you build your muscle to take executive time. And I make it, and I have everybody put everything away, set a timer, and I have everybody shut their eyes and take quiet time for two minutes. And what's amazing is I ask them afterwards, how long does that feel like it took? And they'll say, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes. <laughs> and I always say, it's, it was only two minutes. So you have to nourish yourself and you have to take care of yourself and you have to um, give yourself that 17 minutes a day of daydreaming and, and time to unplug so you can be sharp and be fueled up for your clients and your family. And so when I do that on that level, whether it's with a client or a group, it is a very, very powerful exercise because I do other exercises where they're the same amount of time, but they're competitive and they seem really fun. And I say, this, it, it was the same two minutes. So why was one fun and one seemed grueling? Because you gotta build your muscle memory, but working out and working hard and generating business, you also have to incorporate quiet time, executive time, do nothing time in your day. What I love about that, and for this audience, there's a beautiful correlation here that uh, Michael Elner, many years ago, uh, put out a book called Bedside Manners, which uh, hopefully we're recording this and this will actually be launched about a month from now. Uh, but hopefully by the time this launches, we'll have a solution to this next statement that there's a book he put out called Bedside Manners. Uh, which we have found the copy of and was not ever widely distributed, and it deserves to be amazingly, where he was going into doctor's offices, and this was part of the networking to get individual clients, but he was talking to the doctors in terms of effective language. You know, a lot of our hypnotic work comes back to effective communication. Mm -hmm. And what was beautiful was that inside of that, you would think he's talking about, oh, talk about pressure rather than pain, talk about um, comfort rather than discomfort, and the reframing of words. No, most of what he was doing in that book was teaching them a form of mindfulness-based self-hypnosis. Yeah. Giving the doctors the opportunity to have these intentional moments of relaxation throughout the day. So I love that story of that, uh, that executive time to, you know, have that time to themselves to reset for the next phase of life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so important. 
It is, it, it is critical. And I think as, as um, mainstream or as quote unquote, I don't even like to say this word, but like trendy as talking about mindfulness and meditation is, people have to get out of the trendiness of it and actually implement it into their life. It's, it's, it's critical to, to in, my opinion, in my opinion, long-term just you know, healthy living. Well, I mean, it helps to highlight, too, that there's so many moving pieces towards any level of success that, you know, there we are, and we're, yes, f- perhaps financially sound, and the bank account's filled with money, and there's, uh, in our line of work, there's new clients coming in, and we're booking new people for consulting, and things are going well, yet if we're that ball of stress, if we're if we're horrible to be around everybody that encounters us... You know, what's the, let's just say it this way, what's the point? So that, that self-care to take care of ourselves, whether it's formal meditation or to draw meditative qualities out of the things that we're doing, to get into that zone and just simply ground ourselves throughout the day. What, uh, I'm curious to ask, what, uh, what kind of daily practices do you bring to just the growth of your business in addition to that self-care? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of rituals. So morning rituals and evening rituals for me are a big thing to bookend my day. Um, Waking up, meditating, working out, writing in a journal about lessons learned, you know, what I'm grateful for, my intent for the day, and just being mindful. It's very important for me to kind of tap into a daily reminder of mindfulness and a little bit of prayer because I just think it is... You know, I just I need to get kind of plugged in universally um, because I'm a big believer that what I do as a business coach, um, I use my intuition a lot. I mean, I have a lot of tools and business practices that I give clients and we have ideas and, you know, but when I'm with a client, I am 150 percent focused and we are generating ideas, new ways of doing things, getting things structured, getting things formatted. And so I need to be kind of sharp and grounded on a daily basis to do my work. And so I find that ritual, bookending my days with rituals are, 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 are a critical key to my success. Yeah. So coming in from someone who's seen a lot of success in your own businesses and your own work and helping other people to do that now, um, while a bit of an outsider, perhaps to the hypnotic profession, if you had to drill down, what are those things that it takes for someone to become a success? What does it take for someone to get a business up in motion? If you had to kind of drill it down to like two or three points, what would you say that focus needs to be on? Um, A very detailed plan, discipline, resilience, and hard work, consistency, and dedication of working your plan, because the people who don't have a plan, then the then then they they never get anywhere, mm-hmm. or they don't get as far as they want to, or they don't accelerate it like they should. And so it's so important to have and understand the vision, the mission, your values, where you're going, what your three-year plan is, reverse engineering the specific and measurable detail and all the nitty-gritty things you need to do on a daily basis and how you're going to grow and what you're going to grow and who your target audience is and, and what their pain is and how you're messaging to them and what your marketing campaign is. I mean, everything about a business, all the components and really understanding who you are and what you're... Uh, unique ability is to grow um, not only your business, but the people within your own internal business and your external client. And really getting really keyed into all of that and making sure that your business is in alignment with who you are. And so it's almost becomes soul work, not a job. 
I love that. I love that. And especially the fact that, you know, we could have simplified that all to go, oh, yeah, just make sure you're on Facebook. No. <laughs> what was the right, line from, exactly. the, from the graduate? Oh, plastics. That's the that's the secret of the future. No, to look at, the, it's that you're right in terms of that personal brand of things. And I'm actually perfectly timing sitting next to a copy of Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth Revisited. The, the classic line of be sure to work on your business, not just in your business, that yes, Correct. it does absolutely yes. it does become a reflection of who we are. And uh, it was uh, someone in our community I heard say that the quote of uh, Tom Nicoli saying, uh, uh, the way you are here is the way you are everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when things are a little bit of a challenge in the personal life, sometimes that creeps over to the business. And then the business is kind of needing some checkpoints and maybe the personal life is reflecting that too and yes. making that time for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. You got to take time for yourself and it all goes back to meditation and executive time, taking time to plan for you. Don't wait until you're so busy that you get lost in, every, in taking care of everybody else, right? It's no different. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it's like being on a plane. If your plane, if your plane goes down, you, you put your mask on first so you can take care of other people. You know, take care of yourself. Yeah, I have a share of strategy with that, which is that so often, and of course, this audience will be amused that my uh, very anal retentive uh, color coded calendar, uh, when I do what I'm about to talk about, it's in purple, which is kind of the uh, shading of all things work smart hypnosis. But I have various color codings in my calendar of this is the color for a session, this is the color for a training event, this is the color for my ongoing coaching. But then I just have a segment that's just called block which is that I'm blocking off my calendar and using that time to do something. So for example, right now, this is a time that's blocked off, yet it's coded in that purple because that way I don't do other things. And it's that ability to reinvest my own time in myself because otherwise the next training event doesn't happen. Otherwise my book wouldn't have gotten published. Correct. Otherwise I wouldn't have done the things to continue to scale up the business year after year. So sometimes you do have to take that step back and go, what's working? What needs adjustment? What can I change? And what can I do to better myself along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I I agree. Always be better in yourself. That's a, that's a, you know, a standard of mine. I always want to be better today than I was yesterday. Beautiful. So let's bring it on home with, I love the journey kind of starting off with the conversation of being gifted a a Brian Tracy program. If you had to make a few recommendations to some uh, either recommended reading or listening that perhaps this audience hasn't encountered yet, what would you mention? So I'm reading a couple of books right now that are absolutely amazing. And so there's a couple, of course, you know, one of some of my all-time favorite books, like The Richest Man in Babylon Mm -hmm. and Think and Grow Rich and uh, but some of my f- emotional intelligence uh, by Daniel uh, Goleman, uh, you know, some of my all-time favorites, and um, I, I think those are great. But um, I'm reading a, a book right now that is absolutely amazing. It's called "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. He's a former Navy SEAL, and he's just—can I swear on this? Yeah, go uh, for it. <laughs> he's just a badass motherfucker. And he is like so inspiring, and every time I listen to him speak, it's like. It, it, it drives me to like want to like just be better and um, and it's just amazing and uh, another book called Never Split the Difference which is a great negotiating book by Chris Voss and um, and my daughter is reading just started reading Becoming by Michelle Obama and told me I had to read it so I'm reading that book too right now uh, and it's great because uh, she's just a really um, amazing 
person and um uh you know i love how she inspires my daughter and uh how overwhelmed and inspired my daughter is so i felt like i needed to read the book so i could um hear what is so inspiring for my daughter which i'm not surprised because i find michelle obama an amazingly inspiring person anyway yeah Uh, so those uh those are some of my favorites what I love about this is that the, the the catchphrase of reaching across the aisle, that some of these are not necessarily billed to be business books, teaching you strategy in terms of how to get found online and how to convert more people. It's that mindset of uh, reaching outside for that inspiration, which is part of how you were on here today. So yeah. where, where can people track you down online? Oh, I appreciate that. So uh, if they go to johndwoskin.com, J-O-N-D as in David, W-O-S-K-I-N, that's my website. And uh, they can get to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, my LinkedIn, my mailing list. I, uh, I, I'm a, I, I do a ton of blogging and, and writing for some other publications, um, and blogging on my own and video tips. And, um, I'm an author, I have a book on Amazon and, uh, yada, yada, yada. It can all be found <laughs> on my website and, uh, you know, they can check it out there. It would be the best. Or anybody can call me directly on my cell phone, 248 five three five seven seven nine six i return every call uh by the end of every day or shoot a text if it's too late that i'll call that person back tomorrow and um and uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me yeah and there's the think business podcast which we'll link to that in the show notes as well and briefly uh, tell everybody about the think like a ceo program oh yes 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 you were a co-host with which was great so we had a I had a blast interviewing you on think business um, I have a new book coming out I have a book that was published about a year and a half ago called the think big movement which is a business book told as a parable and uh, my new book how to think like a CEO uh, is coming out at uh, the end of this year and it's basically get unstuck shift your mindset grow your business and I have a, um, a podcast coming out in March and every Friday they will there will be uh, three two-minute episodes dropped. A two-minute tip from a past guest. Uh, Jason, you're one of them. Um, a two-minute tip from me and a two-minute meditation slash executive time where I have co-hosts like you and Rob Dubay and some other people that walk people through some meditations to just um, help the executives and business people build their muscle of meditation and, uh, and, and, and being tapping into more mindfulness. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for sharing this program on your social media streams, for leaving your reviews online, and once again, head over to worksmartbusiness.com, grab your copy of the book, and if you want a live version of the NLP principles of that, join me post-convention HypnoThoughts Live 2019 in Vegas for Neurolinguistic Business. Get all the details online at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash NLP biz. Thanks so much. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.